Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all. As always, as we continue our conference-by-conference preview series, moving on to the MAC conference. The MAC, this is a, uh, a conference that, similar to the Big Ten last year, um, went conference only. So, uh, you know, the, the results of last year are are interesting in that way in which they only played conference competition. Um, and then also, you know, because of that, it, it's going to be interesting this year to see just how a- accurate things were last year in a sense um, with, you know, teams only being able to play each other last year, you know, if you had some teams that had some success, had some late season success, how much of that was they, they were playing this team for the third time or, you know, playing for them for the second time in some cases as there was multiple cancellations in the MAC. You had Malist who missed 45 freaking days of their season. You had Quinnipiac. Uh, who had those seasons shut down. They didn't participate in the postseason. Those season was shut down uh, second to last week of the regular season, I uh, believe it was. So a, a lot of interesting things went down in the MAC last season that are going to make this season uh, pretty interesting to follow in the conference just to see exactly how things sit. And then also, um, it, it makes this year maybe a bit um, a bit more difficult to predict just because of how things played out last year with the conference-only schedule um, and, you know, just how much of that was. As I said, it's hard to beat a team once. It's even harder twice. It's, it's hardest to do th- three times. Um, so, you know, that was certainly the case with multiple teams. So uh, we'll see this year in the MAC how things play out. Uh, before we get into kind of team-by-team team, uh, previews, one last thing to mention, Detroit Mosey out of the conference. They're in the Atlantic Sun, so that's another interesting development in the MAC as they were, um, you know, at least 2018-2019 were uh, one of the better teams in the conference, um, had two of the better players, I thought, in the conference there um, the over the past couple of seasons at their respective positions. Um, so uh, that is going to be another interesting one to see how them exiting impacts um, you know some of these other teams, whether they move up um, or whatnot, who moves up uh, as Detroit Mosey finished fourth last season uh, in the conference standings, you know, and, and then behind them was Canisius and Malist because they didn't play all that much. And then St. Bonaventure and Siena, who had no wins last season, that, is an interesting one that we'll talk about here in a minute. But, uh, and then obviously, you know, Manhattan won the conference regular season along with Monmouth uh, as the, you know, co champions. Monmouth wins the conference title game, beating Manhattan. Um, and then, you know, Quinnipiac finished third, but, you know, ha- had they not had their season shut down, you know, 
who knows what would have happened there. Um, moving into the team by team preview section here of the show, uh, and going to do as always alphabetically. Um, go through every team, and then I'll go into my predictions section uh, for the 2022 season. So uh, starting here, obviously, alphabetically with the Canisius Golden uh, Griffins. Um, This is a team that in 2020 was not very good. 0-5 when things were shut down, had lost each game by an average of nine goals. Um, so, you know, not a very strong 2020 for them. Um, and against that conference only schedule a year ago, they go 500, uh, five and five overall, three and three in conference play. Um, and, you know, we did see some growth from this Canisius team. Um, and it was, you know, it can be credited in some respects, to some of these younger players offensively, Keegan Kozak, uh, Hunter uh, Peruki, they're two of the top guys coming back on the offensive end. Uh, Kozak was the leading point getter, 19 goals, 5 assists. Um, expecting big things out of him. Uh, Jacob Buck, another guy uh, there. You know, that trio returning uh, for this tenacious team and offense that I thought really did, uh, you know, get better kind of as the season went on. Uh, if you watch them early on in the season, you could see some rust and things like that. But, uh, you know, this is a team, they did beat Marist, uh there in the uh, in the quarterfinals. Uh, they go to the MAC semifinals. So they ended things on a pretty solid note. Um, you have in cage Matthew uh, Veonesi. Uh, they're coming back. Um, hope I pronounced that right. Um, so he's coming back on the defensive end as well as uh, two of the top close defensemen in Ryan Sharkey and Robbie uh, Martin uh, to highlight a defense that, you know, was right outside of the top 25 a year ago, uh, 10.62 goals per game. Um, we also see a, a guy that I'm a pretty big fan of, Isaiah Ricketts. Uh, they're uh, at the SSDM spot to kind of highlight that rope unit. Uh, so, so we'll see what he does um, again this season. Uh, really, you know, the, the the biggest question for this Canisius team coming in the season personnel-wise, um, you know, I would say is, is probably on defense what that, you know, mentioned Sharky, Martin back, who's going to be that third uh, close defenseman and then can they continue this growth is really the biggest question. I think offensively, they're pretty solid with Kozak, Buck, and those guys. I think uh, Veronesi and Cage uh, coming back is a very solid option. You know, He stepped in last season. Um, it was very, very good for them <clears throat> in Cage. So I don't really have any any you know, lack of confidence around those two issues, but that close defense, can they be, um, can they continue to improve? Because look, in 2020, uh, when they played non-conference competition only, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. And look, this isn't, the MAC is a conference that is known for defense. 
and all of these teams were pretty dang good defensively last year. Um, you know, and, and we didn't see a lot of offense from many of these teams. So that is one thing, one theme kind of throughout the conference is like, okay, what are these offenses going to look like after a season in which we saw defense dominate as usual in the MAC, but maybe at a greater extent because they played um, conference opponents only. So, you know, that certainly is a question there with with the Golden Griffins. Moving on to uh, Manhattan, uh, this is a program that really, under Drew Callahan, has been uh, climbing for multiple years. Uh, you know, Callahan named the coach of the year last season. Um, you know, they're the co-regular season champs get the top seed in the MAC tournament. Um, ended things with a 14-9 loss against Monmouth in that title game, but uh, this was a this was a team that was uh, very very good a year ago, uh, five and five, four and three in conference play um, against again Mac only schedule, um, and, and they really don't lose a ton of guys. Brendan Bank, uh, one of the top LSMs, is gone, uh, and then Daniel Newton, uh, top one of the top defenders, has transferred to Stony Brook. So. Uh, those are the only two losses, um, and look like like defense is the big, you know, piece for Manhattan. And I'm just talking about the MAC and defense there. Uh, you know, Manhattan. You know, th- this is one of the teams where I don't believe that their defensive numbers were, you know, increased at all by the fact that they only had to play a conference competition because this is a defense that was pretty dang good. In 2020 as well, um, Brendan Krebs has been one of the best goalies in this conference uh, for a while now, and you know he really stepped it up last season. Co-defensive player of the year uh, there. Uh, then you have Luke Patcher as an All-Mac defenseman as well. So you know this is a defense that you know they ended the season uh, ninth nationally in scoring defense, allowing 9.7 goals per game. Um, 16th and man down, shutting down you know, 71% of the opponents um, on opportunities on the extra man. Um, so, you know, th- this is a defense that was really good. And, you know, I do believe is going to maintain that here in 2022. Uh, the biggest question, I think, and look, you have Kyle uh, Gowaka, Liam Walsh back as your top offensive guys. Brennan O'Sullivan, who's a guy that coming in out of York, um, was a really big time player there uh, for York uh, and the Spartans. Uh, you know, one of the D three programs that's really been on the rise um, in recent years, and, and I expect him to come in and uh, you know do some big things on that attack unit for the Jaspers. Um, so. You know, offensively, I do have some questions overall how they do um, because look, offense wasn't necessarily the strength of this team, and it really hasn't been um, the past couple seasons. Now, I mentioned guys like Walsh and Guaca. Uh, they do have some solid options there. Um, but th- th- this offense just overall hasn't been you know, you know that spectacular. And then also at the faceoff dot, this is a team that was pretty bad. I you know I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but you know they were one of the worst face-off teams in the country last year. 
um, they, you know, they, they weren't the worst, but but they were they were they were down there pretty far. So uh, I, I do wonder if they can improve at the faceoff. I think based off just this defense, they're going to be a top top tier team in the MAC once again. Um, and, and Coach Kelleher has has really you know built a solid program, there, a solid team there um, over the past couple of seasons. So I, I am excited about what I've seen from the Jaspers on defense, and I think that could stay the same. My questions with them just remain at the phase-off dot, and then, again, like what what exactly is this offense going to do that is any better than they did a year ago? And, well, they were decent, nothing special. But Krebs and that defense is is certainly something to be excited about. Moving on to the Marist Red Foxes. Um, look, 2021, mark it up as a lost season for the Red Foxes. They opened the season with a 15-11 to win over Detroit Mercy on March 6th, but would not play again for a full 45 days um, after a uh, you know, highly scrutinized uh, highly criticized uh, COVID protocols by the university, um, and when they were, when they returned, only two regular season games remained. So this team went three and one, two and one last season. Um, but look, if you remember this team twenty twenty before things were shut down, they beat Army. They beat a top ten Army team, and uh, they returned practically everybody from that roster and uh, exactly why they are the favorite. They were the favorite coming into the MAC last year, and they should be the favorite again this year. Jamison Embury, Vito uh, Musso, Jojo Pereka on offense are all back. Logan Covey is back as well. JT Roselli is back at the RSM spot. Uh, Kyle Stafoco on defense is back. Keenan DeRave, who is, uh, you know, started off as a pole, played pole in high school, uh, played pole for, I think, his first year at Marist, now uh, flipped last year uh, to a short stick, and uh, really had a solid season there at SSDM. Um, You know, and and that rope unit, Roselli and DeRave, 12 ground balls, nine caused turnovers. Um, So I think that's going to be a strength of this defense, um, which is – an area defensively Marist has not been the strongest in the Mac, which is, I was just talking about the Mac and defenses. Well, the, the one team that's been opposite of that is Marist, uh, where their offense has been really, really good. And uh, that, that should be exactly the same here in 2022. Uh, Logan Covey, the goalie, is a very exciting player. Um, you know, I think he was one of the guys I mentioned in my article the other day, um, you know, to, it was ten players uh, primed for big tw- uh, for for big seasons in 2022. Uh, Logan Covey was on that list. Uh, this is a guy who, as a freshman, stepped in cage last year. Uh, was an all uh, all uh, freshman guy in the MAC. Um, you know, steps in, does his thing. You know, game one there, um, and then through all of that, and you can imagine as a goalie, um, you know, goalies have a rhythm, and you can imagine having this long pause and then having to come back 
into that rhythm after not playing for over a month. And he just continued to do uh, what he did uh, for all four games that they got to play last season. So this is a Maris team that is, I think, the most talented in the MAC. I think it is just as stacked as they've ever been. Now, Joe Tierney is gone, uh, which is a big loss for them. Uh, they're uh, on the offensive end at the midfield spot. Uh, but this attack unit of Embilly, Musso, and Pereka, uh is the best in the conference, plain and simple. And look, I think that if they can figure out, um, I don't want to say figure out, but but if they can continue the success, because we saw this this Maris defense step up in 2020, we saw them uh, continue that, you know, <laughs> when we could see them in 2021. Um, you know, and then with Logan Covey in there now, that's going to be, um, you know, if he can continue his success, this is going to be a pretty good Marist team all around, which I don't think we've seen a solid Marist team all around, like front to back, in some time. Um, you know, when they won it in 2019, that was really on the forefront of what this offense was able to do. Um, and, and the defense was still pretty shaky at points. Um, you know, with Covey in there to anchor things, I think this defense should be pretty solid. And with that rope unit, I think should be solid. How that close defense operates. And then obviously, uh, you know, at the faceoff dot, I think there are some questions there as well. But overall, I think Marist is the top team by and large in the MAC. Moving on to the MAC champions from a year ago, Monmouth. Um, they go eight and three, four and two, win the conference. Okay. Um, the guy you need to know. We'll, we'll talk defense first here. Uh, Chris Hovada gone. Transferred to Villanova as a grad transfer. Dylan Smart gone. Um, look, Monmouth, we know from what was announced earlier today, uh, this is their last year in the MAC as they will be moving to the CAA, um, along with Stony, Stony Brook out of the America East and Hampton out of the ASUN. So, uh, you know, Monmouth, this is their last season in the MAC, um, but I don't think they're going to go out on top. I, you know, th- th- this is a team that, and again, they only played conference only, and I, I will like tell you they gave North Carolina. Um, it, it was a blowout loss, a blowout win, but look, they hung with North Carolina for a little bit there early on. Um, I think this is still a pretty good team. I think they should still be a postseason team, uh, but overall, I don't think this Monmouth team is going to be as good as they were a year ago. Uh, you know, in part due to the exit of Chris Hovada and Dylan Smart. Um, now, this defense will be anchored again by Noah Lode, and uh, you know, this was a defense that was second best in the nation a year ago, uh, allowing 8.73 goals per game. I just don't simply think you can lose a guy like Chris Hovada you know, at this level and still maintain that. Now, they get in Chase Fairbanks, a defenseman out of Bellarmine, um, I've seen him play multiple times uh, when he was here in Louisville at Bellarmine. Uh, very capable pole. Uh, should be a pretty decent addition for them. Uh, so they do get him in there. But 
he is no Kush Hovado. Like he's not going to replace that. Um, you know, Michael Quigg is another guy that comes back for them at close defense and, and is going to be the highlight of that unit. Uh, Noah Lode comes back in cage. He's a solid asset. Um, but, you know, and, and so I, I think this defense should still be pretty good. They're not going to be a top five unit like they were a year ago. They're going to be decent. They sh- still should be, you know, above, you know, above water, if you will. Like they're not going to tank. I don't think because this has been a program that has maintained pretty good defenses, uh, even in bad years. Um, so I don't see them tanking, but um, th- 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 there's going to be some growing pains there for certain. Um, and 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 I I think returning load it is a good sign that th- there could be some good growth back there uh, with a capable guy like him anchoring things. Um, and then I mentioned Fairbanks. And with Quig coming back as well, we'll see who else they surround uh, that that unit with. Also, uh, but the really big big piece for this team is Matt Sutar. Uh, went sixty eight percent last year. Uh, was the best face off man in the conference. Um, I think if, if this if Mammoth is going to have, you know, if, if they want to have the season they had a year ago, it's going to be difficult to do, but. If they're gonna, if they're gonna surpass my expectations, it's gonna be due to the success of Matt Sutar. Um, well, this is a I mentioned. This is a defensive team, um, and the reason I keep saying that is because this is an offense that look, uh, Kolsch, uh, Cage Stratton, uh, good player, good offensive player, but when you average nine point four five goals per game, uh, that is not gonna win you many games. Uh, they were. Not a good, not a good offense a year ago. Now they return um, four of their top six options from a year ago, including Cage Stratton, which I think is a good sign. Again, they played a Mac only schedule, so you know what can we learn from those numbers is up in the air until we see them play some non-Mac competition. Um, and look, Monmouth they do play a pretty <clears throat> a pretty strong schedule here in 2022. So uh, we will certainly see how things go for them. You're at Princeton, at Delaware uh, to start the season. At St. Joseph's uh, is another you know tough non-conference game. So I think we're going to see pretty. They're going to get tested early on, and we're also going to see early on exactly where this team is. Uh, Wagner, NJIT, VMI. I expect them to win those games. Um, so really, I think Delaware and St. Joseph's are two that I'm cycling for them saying, okay, like those two games, show me what you have. You're going to get tested against Princeton for sure. I don't see you winning that game, but show me offensively what you have. And, you know, certainly Sutar getting them those extra possessions should help. Uh, but like, I, I have so many questions about this offense and just, the lack of production that that unit has had over the past couple seasons, uh, you know, makes me hesitate that, that this team can certainly can can repeat as champions because it was a defensive blood battle a year ago. But again, Sutar being back, huge. Quinnipiac, um, this is a team I think a lot of people maybe aren't giving 
enough attention to coming into the season. Um, look, they were in the last you know, regular, um, and by regular, I mean like before all the weirdness and craziness um, with last season's scheduling. Quinnipiac was in the 2019 MAC title game. Uh, they lost to Marist in that game. Um, they Their season was cut short last year. So... They've, they got unfinished business to do here in 2022. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to come out on top of this thing, but, I, you know, this is going to be a tough team to play because they got unfinished business to attend to this year. And, um, look, you got Dimitri George coming back at the faceoff dot. Um, was one of the best guys in the country um, last season. Uh, was second in Division One in faceoff percentage. Um, he's a huge, huge part of this team. Uh, you know, you got guys like Dylan Donnelly, Stephen Germain, Will Abbott coming back offensively, um, and and these are guys that had tremendous seasons uh, a year ago. Uh, Donnelly, Germain, and then Evan Perry, another guy. All three MAC All Freshman selections a year ago. Dylan Donnelly was the MAC Rookie of the Year, uh, had 15 points uh, off 13 goals to assist. Uh, I mentioned Will Abbott, uh, the top midfielder coming back. Uh, and then in cage, you have Nick uh, DiMuccio uh, coming back as well. Uh, he had 62 saves, 57% save percentage to anchor a defense that I think could be pretty good uh, in, in 2022. Um, I think there's certainly some growth to be had at that close unit, uh, but certainly could be good as well. Um, but I'm pretty excited about this Quinnipiac team and the potential they could have. Um, I can clearly see them playing in the MAC title game again here in 2022 uh, with as much as they bring back. And, uh, you know, certainly the, the, the biggest attorney for this team in Dimitri George, and, and he just absolutely goes at, you know, everybody at the faceoff dot, had a tremendous year last year, as did many of these younger guys on this team, um, so I, I think this is going to be an interesting team to see, you know, what they do, how they react after what ha- how their season ended, as well as, uh, look, a lot of these young guys, this is going to be their first normal college lacrosse season. Um, how they react to that as well is going to be interesting, and and this is this is a team uh, certainly I think I think more people should have their eye on uh, than appears do at the moment. Sienna, look, this team went zero and eight a year ago. Um, can they bounce back? I I don't <clears throat> I don't know. You go zero and eight, marginal loss of one point nine goals. I think there's certainly some there's certainly talent there. They couldn't get it done um, any time last year. Uh, they lost a couple games in overtime. I mean, this is a team that was so close last year. Um, and look, I, I do think there is some. You lose Dylan Pantalone, Jake Marcus on defense, Colton Hart at the LSM spot. Those are three big losses. But I think they. I, I, I think there's talent there to be had. I think they can break this losing streak. 
I think they can get a Mac win. Um, I think they can make things interesting there at the bottom of the Mac. I don't see them, you know, crawling out and making the Mac tournament, but I do see progress being made. Um, You return Jack Cunin for the fifth and final season. He's been really, really good uh, over the past couple seasons for you. Had 34 points a year ago. Um, was a second-team All-Mac selection. Uh, you know, Keenan you know, highlights his offense and team as a whole, really. Um, and is, you know, one of only two top-five point-getters along with Jake uh, Rusnak uh, and Colin Gleason from a year ago. Um, on the back end, look, I mean, this is a team. Uh, they held many teams to single digits, averaged, uh, held their teams to, you know, 10.12 goals per game on average a year ago. Trevor Marsala's back. Christopher uh, Yankaris and Cage is back. And you also have Uzi uh, Onyikachi, believe, pronounced that right. Um, there, He's back as well as a team captain. Uh, from what I've heard, he should be pretty, pretty good on this defense as well. Uh, played in, I think it was three games a year ago, started in one, uh, had some injury issues. Uh, so expect him to be a pretty solid option there on the back end as well. But Sienna has much, much work to do. Uh, but I do think they can improve. The question is just how much. Last team to go over here, the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Um, look, this is the fourth season of Division One uh, as a program. Are they going to surpass that? Because we've seen, multi- uh, are they going to have surpassed what they did a year ago, have that fourth year bump? We've seen this from teams uh, time and time again. Uh, they go 5-5, five and five, reach the max semifinals a year ago, Falter to Monmouth there. Um, year four, is it even bigger for Randy Mons, uh there uh, at St. Bonaventure? Uh, th- this is a team that made a pretty big jump uh, last season, especially on the back end. And again, I will mention, Mac is a defensive-heavy conference. How much of these defensive successes are due to Mac, ske- Mac only scheduling? We don't know. We will find that out in 2022 um, in just a few weeks. Um, you know, but St. Bonaventure did pretty good for who they played, allowed 9.10 goals per game. Uh, Brett Dobson has been a pretty solid guy in cage uh, throughout his career there. Uh, he's back, uh, as well as starting polls, Zach Belter and Nick uh, Porf- uh, Porfil- uh, Porfilo. Uh, Portfolio, uh, they return as well. You have the reigning MAC Offensive Player of the Year of the Year, and Jake Rosaback to lead the Bonnies offense. He had 39 points a year ago. Sean Wesley, Austin Blumbergs also return on that offensive end. I think really the only question for Mar- uh, for uh, Saint Bonaventure is at the faceoff dot. Um, I think if they can figure that out. Um, and if I'm, I don't have the stats in front of me, but if I'm looking at what they did a year ago, I don't believe like it, 
it wasn't that they were terrible, uh, but it wasn't exactly special either. So, um, okay, they, they go 38% Austin Holly. So it was, you know, at least you're not 32%, but 38%, anything below 50 is not good. 50 is average. You know, 52, 53% guys, I'd say 50 to 53%, 55%, I'd say is average in today's game. Um, you know, you, you want to be going, you know, not everyone's going to be TDO and going 80% or whatever, but um, it, it, we all know that. But you, you want to be above 30, 38%. You want to be at least above 50 um, So at the faceoff, Dot, if they can figure some things out, this could be a pretty solid season for uh, St. Bonaventure and Randy Moans there. So uh, we'll see exactly how things play out here. In 2022 for the Bonnies again, their fourth season. Um, you know, I I think we're gonna see possibly that fourth year bump. Uh, does the defense hold? Does this offense? We know they have some good players there. Does this offense continue to have some of that success they found a year ago? Uh, we will have to see on that. So some certainly some questions there with St. Bonaventure, but does look promising uh, based off what they did a year ago and based off that trend of teams adding lacrosse and then by year four being pretty dang good. Monmouth did it. Detroit Mercy did it. You've had a lot of teams that have done it. So St. Bonaventure might just be the next team to do so. Moving into our final segment here as I go over the 20, uh, my 2022 MAC predictions. Final standings, number one, Marist. I think they take the KQ. Uh, they're clearly the most talented team in the conference. Um, and, yeah. And they will be motivated after <laughs> what happened last year as well. Number two, Quinnipiac, another team that will be uh, pretty freaking motivated coming into the season after how things ended for them. A year ago, and I, I do think it's probably the second best team, uh, top to bottom, when you look at their full roster uh, coming into the season. So, Marist one, Quinnipiac two. I have Monmouth, uh, Manhattan sitting there at third. I absolutely love that defense, love Brennan Krebs, what he's done there. Uh, Drew Kelleher has really built uh, Manhattan into a team that when he got there was went, couldn't even get two wins a season. Like, they were struggling to do that. Um, were struggling to get conference wins, and and they were in the MAC title game a year ago. Now, was a weird season. Does that hold? Um, I, I think it does. I think they're still a pretty dang good team. Um, you know, not predicting them to win the conference, but still going to be a pretty decent squad in the MAC. Um, I have Monmouth sitting there right behind them. Uh, Matt Sutar, I think, bumps this team up. If you don't have him, I would prob- I would have them at fifth there, uh, which is where I have St. Bonaventure, uh, where I think I think the Bonnies, they have some potential, uh, certainly to move into that fourth spot, sneak into that MAC tournament, uh, but they're going to have to figure some things out at the faceoff dot. Uh, Canisius, I have there at six, and I think it's a similar situation where you do have some questions, I think, as to exactly what this team can be. We saw them play some pretty good lacrosse late last season. Um, you know, my questions with Canisius is just, 
are they going to be as good, like, top to bottom as some of these other teams? I think when you look at that four, five, and six spot, I think you could really, Monmouth, St. Bonaventure, Canisius, uh, and Monmouth I think is clearly the best of those three, but St. Bonaventure, Canisius more so, um, you could flip-flop those any way you want. Either of those teams, I think if they put all the pieces together, could sneak there into the MAC uh, tournament. Uh, Siena, I have sitting there seventh again, as I like just mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, they are a team that I do expect to improve. I do expect them uh, to shake off that losing streak um, this season. They were so close to doing it a year ago. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I just don't see them getting into the tournament, into the postseason, you know, whatsoever. Uh, there's certainly some talent on that roster. And, look, they could get five wins if they want to. They could get, you know, two two wins, three wins, five wins. I mean, you, you go winless one year. Um, and I believe they had what? They, they weren't doing too hot in 2020 either, I don't believe. Uh, when things were shut down either. So, um, you know, we'll see how Sienna does. Hey, prove me wrong. Move up, get in the tournament. Love to see it. Love when teams prove me, prove me, prove me wrong. Um, so certainly, uh, you know, anything's possible. But at the moment, see them sitting there at seventh. So uh, number one, Marist. Number two, Quinnipiac. Number three, Manhattan. Monmouth at four. St. Bonaventure at 5, Canisius at 6, Siena at 7. That's where I think see things uh, sitting uh, currently at the moment. And uh, really, I, I, I do think there is kind of a Marist, Quinnipiac, then a bit of a gap there. Um, Manhattan, Monmouth, Manhattan and Monmouth sitting in their own little camp, and then a bit of a gap between those final three teams. And as I mentioned, there's a lot that could happen in the bottom there. I think that'll be interesting. Offensive player of the year here, I'm going with Jamison Emberley, uh, attackman at Marist. Uh, just think, you know, the potential that team has, uh, and especially offensively with him as one of the leaders there, he could easily take that award. Uh, defensive player of the year, I have Brendan Krebs, uh, goalie at Manhattan. Uh, he was a co- the co-defensive player uh, of the year. Last season, see him taking that solely outright uh, here in 2022. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. LacrosseBucket.com is the website. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow previewing the NEC conference. Uh, Just a few conference previews left to go. And then on Saturday night, uh, we hit it hard uh, with a getting into, uh, actually Sunday, uh, we will hit it hard uh, starting the season as we will uh, Sunday and Tuesday and Thursday will be the schedule as uh, normal for in-season podcasts. So that's starting this weekend. Uh, So stay tuned for that as well. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of the week. Cross season, it's almost here. Almost here, folks. We can all taste it.